hello and thank you for joining us KT Holland he's in Zanzibar um, you mm. always seem to be whenever I've known you you're always about to fly off or going to the airport <laughs> to go to some other exotic location usually to teach something related to belly dance or dance or some uh, female gathering or something like that so um, welcome to welcome to the, our little show which we'll put out in the next couple of weeks. So I'm in Galway, Ireland, my ancestral home here today. And this is the first time we've done it on Zoom. All, all so, far, so far, all of our um, all of our podcasts have all been in uh, audio and they've all been done live in the flesh. So it was a, a little bit simpler that way around, but here we are. We managed it, we managed it. Spare Horse has never been great with techniques, but we're looking to the future. Um, again, uh, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm going to find a place to to, to start. Uh, I know you've come to Spear Horse a couple of times now. Thank you very much to to teach dance and um, belly dance is simple. But let's let's jump in the deep end if you don't mind, Katie. Uh, I mean, maybe you can tell us what you're doing in Zanzibar, but then also maybe maybe we can launch into you've been you've been involved in belly dance. You've been uh, you you work as a dancer. You've been doing that since you were a young woman, and you've developed over the years quite a few years under your belt now i've experienced something called awakened belly dance i know you you use that title so that's the deep end maybe gives a tiny bit of background i i want you to talk please about your work and this this idea there's a deeper into belly dances and there's a deep there's a whole secret world uh, of feminine presence that you've experimented with i've heard your participants on your groups so the women who come to study with you raving about it um so give me a little bit of background you're in zanzibar what are you up to and uh, where did you start on your journey if you don't mind please okay well um apart from sweating a lot you're probably going to see me glisten more and more as <laughs> as this goes on um i'm teaching a mermaid retreat for women so you know mermaid with the tails it's uh, no. another asset to my repertoire and um so i've got a retreat here in zanzibar in a few weeks and i've um i'm here at the moment preparing for it and uh enjoying a bit of chill time as well very yeah. good so what tell us about mermaid then can you got to give a bit more than that but what's what's that involve well i mean the typical idea of mermaids with a tail and um it i teach the paddy you know like paddy scuba diving it's their mermaid course and so people can do different levels like um certifications and we do different tricks in the water so like somersaults and twirls and you know, kind of, you can dress up if you want to, and there's like a whole cosplay side to it as well. Um, and other people do it more for for fitness, and uh, oh. yeah, and it's really beautiful. Yeah. So, and of course, it's this same movement, like with belly dance and the whole kundalini. So basically, I'm I'm kundaliniing whether on land or in the water, and right, uh, right. and that the technology I do often have this effect on um on technical things even if i'm far away across the world uh, oh, i don't think it's your often... fault today i think i think it's uh, yeah. our, our own little gremlins and things here we've got our uh technical yeah. goblins too so you started uh, you were very young when you got into belly dance and you, you really threw yourself at it as far as i can remember from our other conversations 
Yeah, um, well, this year, actually, it's 30 years since I started learning, and, and mm. I was 15 at that point. And, That's it, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I knew from when I was very small that I wanted to be a dancer, and growing up, I studied ballet and tap and jazz. And I knew I wanted to be a dancer, but I didn't know what kind of dance, but something that nobody else was doing. That was all I had in my mind. I wanted to do something different. And of course, growing up in the 80s, watching James Bond and um, the there was another series that I was never allowed to watch, but I'd always see the beginning, that Tales of the Unexpected. And it was always this kind of mysterious woman dancing at the beginning. So I know that seeing the, these clips had a, a big effect on me. And, and then it was yeah. actually an Irish that I saw on TV and I when I was 14 and I said that's it that's what I want to do and Irish uh, dancing I, no she it was a belly dancer from Ireland and she was oh, performing I was gonna say, yeah yeah it's the, the so, traditional Irish dancing they have here couldn't be more far away from you know nothing happens above the <laughs> knee so it's so everything's at the ankle no. level and and you're not allowed to move your belly and the spine is completely straight and you know there's absolutely no, none of all the chakras stay still you know the idea but it's a, yeah, it's very beautiful and, <laughs> and it, it, very very charming at times like these thing called flakyols where there's a like music festivals and you see these uh, old farmer guys you know with uh, in their boots kind of thing and they're, they're taking notes on these tiny little variations of steps everything's in the toes and the ankles and and very suitable mm -hmm. you know the carry slide this and this kind of reel only works with that kind of step and very uh, beautiful to see, but anyway, that's a that's a million miles away. That we're, we're um, I think Ireland is ripe for a little bit of your kind of belly dance, uh, and uh, we'll keep going with the step dancing too. But so that was like a glimpse of like the mysterious feminine you were talking about there, isn't it? As a as a as a teenager, like growing up, that there was something there. There's like um, I don't want to jump the gun, but there is something about we've there's been this whole generation of, of approaching femininity where women have sought to become liberated for a while there by imitating men which i think most of us realized was not a great idea and that the guys who are imitating were fairly lost anyway and uh, what we're looking for now is so you know maybe some real expressions of masculinity in a in a in a in a more what's sacred or noble or complete form and of course in the feminine too that there's the, the work carries on and these this unfolding and I know you're you're interested in that, and you're you're playing what I think is a really interesting, significant role in the whole thing. So that that teenage girl who saw this kind of image and thought, "Yes, I want to do that." Say a little bit more. Uh, say a bit more. What happened then? So you you did become a dancer. Yeah, um, I, it was alongside each other. I was studying belly dance, and also I was studying holistic therapies. So this was. Um, the therapies were, it was after I went to art college. So when I was 18, I decided, okay, no university for me. I'm, I need to find my way as a dancer. But I had this idea that being a holistic therapist was a good backup. You know, it wasn't, oh, I should get a corporate job because that was a good backup. I thought, uh, if I learn massage and Reiki, this is my backup <laughs> to belly dance. And so so I, I kind of followed uh both of those career paths and and at first it seemed very separate to me because I didn't really understand how I could bring it together and mm. then when I was 27 I was living in India and my my children were 
four and seven at that point. They were there with me. And I had a big, um, I guess you'd call it a Kundalini explosion. And I, I was unconscious on the floor. And I was uh -huh. very much in the celebrity world in India. I was performing for all the the, at the Bollywood parties and weddings and uh, for big corporates and like the the kind of elite of 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 the elite really um I was in this world but at the same time I found it very difficult because there was of, of course a lot of pressure in all all kinds of ways about how I looked to um to sleep with people to you know everything and for me I was like I just want to be a dancer you know and like come and do my thing and go home to my kids and so I I found it very difficult being in in that kind of shadow world really and so uh, started after this kundalini thing happened I when I came to after being on the floor I I heard this very clear message saying you have to create this therapy with belly dance and if you don't do it you're going to die and that that was the extent of the information and I was like mm. what how how do I go from this to this you know how how on earth am I going to do that? And I started going to classes for Gurdjieff and Osho Dynamic Meditation and also Sufi Whirling. Um, a big part of that was to learn how to manage my own energy because it had gone crazy and I kept collapsing and having these um, very strong out-of-body experiences and, uh. and lots of things coming to me that had been happening when I was a child and of course I'd blocked it out but now it was like you're going to look at this and you, you know you're going to embrace it uh, no matter what because if you don't do it you're going to collapse again and again and again and so um, slowly slowly I, I began to understand my body more my energy more um, I I was still performing but I was also able to manage the energy of that world better and then it took me about eight years to come to the point where I said okay this is awakened belly dance and take it world you know like this is this is what I'm doing and then I I did what felt like the craziest thing ever because of course being a performer and in India and the way I was doing it it was like the dream belly dancer's job and I said I have to walk away from it because if I don't do that then this other kind of energy-based belly dance can't birth. And that's probably one of the most difficult things ever, most difficult choices that I've ever had to make. Um, and that that was about nine years ago now. Yeah, so I'm, I, I was going to touch on that because um, your, your sense of adventure, I mean, I think her... Hooray to young people who say, "I'm not going to college. I, I, I'm, I'm on a mission. You know, I'm, I'm looking for my holy grail. I'm going whatever it is, off to India or Peru, whatever it is. So they head out for the adventure and have maybe, I don't know if you had it, some, some just some inner sense of like, I, I can't, I can't waste three years or two years and you know, be, being a child at school. I need, I need to get out there. And then you said you're just 27 when you start having those, and you already had kids and already living in India. Uh, at yeah. that time so like you were you know you weren't there's nothing in you was waiting around to see what I'm going to do with life you were doing it maybe there's something about it and that crucial age as well 27 28 where, where maybe you know you move into a different phase of life don't you 
So that's pretty interesting. I didn't know you had those big, uh, you know, whatever they are, Kundalini breakthrough things. That's interesting, yeah. eh? So, so it, it, I, I love to hear it because many people feel a little bit stuck in regular lives, regular jobs. And I would say, don't, don't plan the career, you know, do as many things as you can in your 20s, but, but get out there into the big, wide, real world, preferably have a break outside your own culture because we live in limited cultures and it's we live in this also amazing time where you can travel the world and 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 um, you know i know that feeling is like being a young person going to india have this vast psychic space and suddenly many things are possible it just uh, the impressions come from all sides and sounds like you yeah you, you you were there that's amazing you had kids already there and bringing them up in india and all the rest of it yeah yeah, and we lived in India for nine years. It, at first, it was supposed to be three months. That was the plan. And suddenly nine years had gone past. And I thought, how did that happen? And I, I had so many adventures with performing. And I got to travel pretty much everywhere in India. And, and like I say, performed for the, the rich and famous. And, and I was the mm. most well-known performer. So people, I don't know, like... Mr. Vodafone say Asia would say, right, I want Katie. Right. <laughs> and you know, it was this kind of thing. And I'd get calls to go to um yeah, different weddings and fashion designers. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, so glamorous and tempting, and yet the spirit came and you had you kind of had your vision really that you've got to do something else. And that I, I don't know how, how you felt about it, but again, it's like one of these great stages in life. So, there's a nagging feeling that you've got to do something else and you have to let go of what you maybe have got so far or what you'd worked towards or what you thought you'd wanted and uh, and, and and maybe throw it away a little bit. Is that what happened? You had to, like you're saying there, you, you let go of a, let go of a lot to, to go into the new unknown. Yeah, I mean, this, this kind of pressure that I felt that there's something that I came here to do actually started when I was seven. And, and this was when I had a first... I guess what you'd call some kind of awakening and I, I started to have a lot of past life recall and um, uh, I was able to remote view spontaneously and astral travel and um, I was experiencing ET abduction. Uh, I mean, you name it, it was happening and I, I was very psychic, uh, but also I was very terrified. So through through this i i had this overwhelming feeling that there's something that i'm i'm here to do and i didn't know what it was and then as i got a bit older to around 12 i also knew it was connected to dance and then through my teenage years i managed to really block it out with parties and and everything and then because of having my children in my early 20s this was a I guess it created an opening um, for for things to come into my awareness again, and yeah. and although I was in um I was doing things in a way that was I was really following my heart and um I didn't feel that I was being waylaid in any way, but I guess I I needed to do what I did in that performance world to um to understand really who I am and, and where my boundaries are with things because it would have been so easy for me to uh, kind of get drawn in with um, with using my body to get into films say or to climb the ladder in a, in a different way and and I, I was mm. always very clear that that's not what I'm here for 
and so when when I was 27 it it was almost like everything in my world cracked um I I ended up getting divorced from my first husband and um like I said I knew that I needed to walk away from from life as it was and and I knew that I also needed to sleep more this was something very important so that I could dream more and and bring information in through my dreams really yeah yeah so you you had this feeling you got to develop something did you find good teachers? Did you work it out by yourself? Was it was it you and your own nature, or what what happened next? Um, it was a bit of everything. I've been really lucky that I've had really really amazing teachers, and the way that we've found each other has always been in this very mysterious kind of ways where it was obvious that I was supposed to study with them. And unfortunately, a lot of them have passed away now. And and each of them, whether it was from the belly dance side or from the Gurdjieff movements or from a more shamanic dance perspective, they each played their part in, in supporting me. And I would always go to people and say, I want to do this thing with belly dance. I don't quite know what I want to do, but I know there's something that I need to work out. And and they were all absolutely amazing. and. And probably, you know, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and they were all in their 60s, 70s, and they're like, mm. who's this kid going on about? She wants to invent something. And, and of course, I was thinking that myself, like, who, who am I to think that I can do this? And so I went through a lot of self-sabotage and, and thinking, no, you know, what am I doing? And it's never going to happen and I'm not good enough and and so I, I really had to change that to who am I not to do it so that I, I could repeat this to myself and then when it came to the point of of like I say launching the first Awaken Belly Dance training into the world I was um, 34, 35 it was like the biggest weight went off of my body and I cried. I was laughing and crying at the same time. It was it was almost like, okay, I did it and I've fulfilled whatever this thing is. And um and then of course the training started to happen and 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 things have have, have evolved again since then. But just actually being able to say to the world, this is what I'm doing, this is who I am, it mm -hmm. was um it was the biggest relief I've ever felt. Yeah, wonderful. I, I love to hear these stories. A, it, there is a kind of, a, I don't know if it's a dark night of the soul, but there's definitely some chasms you have to go through, isn't there? And I think that's really maybe classical time when you're fishing for what you're really going to do in the world, 28, 29, 30, 30, and you, you've got to get it. You've got to start really moving with it by the time you're 33, 34. I often... I don't know what, what's the word. Encourage people in that in, in that sense, like something magical has to happen. It sounds like you really classically did it, and then, but there are there are those feelings of unworthiness that you just mentioned, isn't that? There, those are real layers that have to be gone through. They have to be fully experienced and and not not hold you back. But we all have them, huh? We all have them, and yet our sacred task, if you like, or to give it some big title, that life wants us to do something and, and i don't know what you think but often we don't dream big enough like we, we have to face our own unworthiness our not good enough and so forth but there's something really big that wants us to you know the ones that wants tending the the, the 
the temple is big and it's waiting for the priestess to come and uh and it, it, life chooses you huh yeah and and people often say to me how did you do this and and because since i left for india i haven't lived in england since that time so that was 2006 yeah. I'm, I'm now living in egypt and i've lived in bali and bulgaria as well and um and i've never had a salary or i've not ever had any kind of fixed income which of course at times was really difficult especially at the beginning and and when so my students and they ask me and they want to leave their jobs or change things in their life and I say yeah. to them you know it's, it, it's not it's not so much that I'm special like it's not that I'm this chosen one of course I know I'm, I'm special like everybody's special but if I can do this and, and muddle my way through it with no um no training in business or marketing or you know or social media or anything and and if I can find my way then everybody can find their way and it, it's the fear I think that and and the fear of not having security um, yeah that yeah I think that's people. great for people to hear yeah that, that so many of us think well maybe have that somewhere that's a feeling well could I do this and well if I can do it everybody can do it and it's it's there is there's magic in that isn't there there's real magic in it not not, not that not specialness at all but perhaps being driven from behind uh towards something but also maybe uh, what the, what's it um being willing to welcome into your whole body and being when the doors do open scary sometimes there eh, to leave behind our our little selves and and head out into that adventure i love to hear it i love the way you said it I, i'm i'm trying to say what you say but uh love it <laughs> yeah so yeah so you started teaching and i guess you know you you, you you teach what you know, but then other things, other things come by magic after that. Is what do you think? You know, other things, somehow, yeah, you have to work hard and find the wisest people you know. But then your own, your own magic starts to mingle with whatever traditions you've you've begun to absorb, isn't it? And if you, if you're running a workshop at at thirty three, thirty four, and kind of did something pretty similar myself actually, but the, then something, some, uh, what's the world? The spirit loves it. What, what was your how did it go then those first, those first few workshops and say the first year or two or three when you were doing that tell us a bit yeah um well I actually started teaching dancers belly dance when I was um 18 or 19 so I right. I'd already got three four years under my belt of, of training and I I started to assist my first teacher and then me and my friends started to get asked to teach at festivals locally this was in Leicester and um and to perform together and so slowly slowly I I started to build up students and then in my early 20s I studied Reiki so I really with everything I feel like I've been thrown into it where with the Reiki I thought okay I'll, I'll do them the masters and maybe after a year I'll be ready but a place where I was teaching in, it was a higher education college and I was teaching Indian head massage and belly dance. And the, the guy said to me, oh, is there anything else you can offer for this September for the new term? And I, I said, well, I'm taking my Reiki masters in August, but there's no way I'm going to be ready for it. And I can only take four people. And, and he said, look, I know that you can do it, but you're going to have to teach 10. And I said, what? No. <laughs> and 
sure enough, he convinced me. So two months after I'd taken the training, there I was with my first 10 Reiki students. And I, in about two years, I, I taught almost 2,000 people because the, the college was, were offering it at a, a lower rate than privately. And so I, I had this very, very steep learning curve in, um, in teaching from, from the energy side, as well as then I, I was also teaching belly dance and I was organizing my own um, events, like performances and um, kind of mini festivals. And um, and so so by the time I got to launching Awaken Belly Dance, I had 12, 15 years already that I had experience and I'd been holding retreats. And um, so the the actual teaching side or getting information across was okay, but it was more that this was now a different way of getting information across and and that I couldn't have notes to follow say of oh this is the choreography I had to do it through my body and and intuit it through my body and and the the body of the group so it, it was a quite a different way of working okay so um all right let's fast forward a tiny bit if you don't mind please now you're gonna you can tell me to shush here if you want to but um mm -hmm. I did find it quite fun to be in the car with um uh, three or four of your students last time you were at Spirit Horse and uh, giving you a lift to the station. So we were in the car for nearly an hour and uh, talking about all kinds of things that the, the ladies had been through. Um, and as one lady particularly, uh, you were giggling a lot, I think, well, the people were, the, the women were, because uh, she'd had all kinds of orgasmic releases while she was belly dancing and, and the, something had really opened for her and it all sounded like a lot of fun and there's a lot of giggling and it sounded like beautiful. Is this? Is this? Um, what? Tell us about this. Is so you? You? You want something? Way, this wasn't a dance class. This. This. She. She had really been through some kind of big opening. Uh, so you, you've obviously found a way to, to um, what's the word? You know, to support people in that and in, in, uh, support women and in, in, in going deeply into the body. Is it? Is it all right to talk a little about that? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um... I, I guess I, I've had a lot of very crazy experiences, as I said, with the Kundalini and I've been hit by lightning and I've nearly died now five times. And, uh, and then I've had lots of near-death experiences on top of that. And, and for me, my, my learning has been very much through my body. So it, I feel like she's taken quite a battering and over, <laughs> over this life to date. And um, and in fact, one of my teachers that's still alive, the the shamanic one, and and she this last time this summer I nearly died again, and she said, you know, did did you ever think to just say to your body you can learn in a very gentle, loving way? <laughs> it doesn't have to be these these extremes, and um, and I said, yeah, I you know I'm I'm never looking for this, of course, to happen. It, it's well, maybe part of me is, but. It seems to be that I've, as I say, learned through my body and, and then I'm holding a huge uh, crevasse of um, possibilities because of that, because I, I, I'm not afraid, you know, I'm not afraid to die. And I'm, I'm a, as we said, I'm not afraid to take risks in my life. And I think when, when somebody holds that, it gives people permission 
to be able to even just go to the edge of of that out of their comfort zone and the, mm. it then holds huge possibilities for people so this this can go in all kinds of different ways and I, i've got quite a high uh, statistics of people having babies people getting divorced people having orgasms um people vomiting in in sessions and and it i always say to people in the intro that i can't guarantee any of these things but i'm i'm giving you the the broadest perspective and um and so i really i really mean it when i say that people can go to anywhere within themselves that they need to and and that it's going to be okay and, and they'll be supported in that and and i guess when people release or when when their energy becomes more activated there's only so many ways that our body can release that from it's either going to be from here or or down here so so often if, if people find it difficult to cry it might come out through vomit and and it's not food vomit it's more like i call it an energetic vomit of of gunge and um so it might come out that way and then of course it can also come out in a in what we think of as an orgasmic way and um and this can also be a surprise for people as well and and it's yeah and it's really beautiful when that happens but we're we're not looking at it as something sexual or we're not trying to invoke that to happen it it, it just happens and um and i remember that conversation it was <laughs> really funny <laughs> Yeah, well, everyone was giggling about this thing, but um, I mean, everyone sounded quite joyous. That was a bubbly car ride, you know. Your 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 women were uh, well pleased what they've been up to. What was it for about four or four or five days or something? So, um, I mean, I, I thought the whole you know, the, the the whole vibe I was getting was so delightful. There's this and fantastic sense of 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 feminine power, strength, mystical, earthy. Fun, uh, released, you know, and fluid, and all the rest of it. So, I, I, I love having that vibe around at Spirit Horse. I know you teach at all sorts of places, and you're going to come to us perhaps in the in the early summer. But um, you know, we we've done a lot of work with sort of sacred man, sacred woman rituals, and things like that. But and really enjoying the polarity, which is so somehow or other, I don't know, not not such a popular uh, way of looking at things these days. But I've really enjoyed experimenting with men and women working together and being sort of open to like the true face of masculinity, the true face of femininity and all the different shapes and shades to, to come. But, but there seems to be like a, a secret that's been held down or repressed or been a little bit distorted for centuries and now decades of experimentation, but there's still like a, I don't know if I'm going to get shot down for saying this. Some, truly feminine secret mystical presence in the world that hasn't really been given you know the platform since some i'm always imagining some ancient temple somewhere in some ancient times where women really you know had that full contact with it some lineage and of course we've had all these repressive religions we've had all kinds of political and coercive and um empires you know we all know there's been thousands of years of repressing of feminine energy um and i said i wanted to say at the beginning i think copying men is definitely not the way forward there's some other secret thing and you seem to um well, i don't know i i think you're playing you got so you you're holding one of the secrets aren't you you got the keys you're 
That's why you've been, that's why you're uh, having these experiences. You're, that's why you're on a mission, isn't it? That's your holy grail. You're, you're doing something there. Yeah, and, and I think this is one reason that people do have these orgasmic experiences because I'm, I'm, very, uh, I'm very focused about this being something that's embodied. I, I'm, I'm not into really this kind of woo-woo and I'm not calling in angels or ascended masters or anything. I'm, I'm very much like it, mm. it's in your body and it, it's coming from you and, and that's the only place that you need to look. There's nowhere else that you you need to look for this information, and and also I think that we've done this many many times before, and especially when I have groups for the training, I always say to them, we've done this so many times together, and and maybe this lifetime I was the one that remembered first, and other lifetimes it was you or you or you, but we've been doing this and. And I feel that so much has been hidden, like you say, with the mystery schools and and that a lot of it, especially of what's around now, there's a lot of deception that what we what we're being shown as, oh, this was from the Isis temple or this is from Hathor priestesses, is actually a bit like a, you know, look here, but actually it it's going on over there. And and that it was always like that, because of course the real secrets wouldn't be public. And um, when you look at uh, the the stories of Gurdjieff, still nobody really knows for sure where he got that information from. And and I think that whether it's from other lifetimes or it's from our ancestors and epigenetically, we have those memories. But I think that we, we can all tune into that and this morphic resonance that we can, yeah, we can kind of grasp information from. So with, with the men, they're, they're, the men are always trying to think their way through it and find out how it all works. <laughs> like, what's the pattern? What's the what's the truth? Uh, and it, it can be quite heady. And I, I noticed when when the, when the guys here in the kitchen and we're talking about our own little holy grail and the quest and how do you trying to line everything up, the girls get bored. It's like, oh yeah, you guys can carry on talking and thinking all night long. Yeah, but, uh, it's that there is a genuine feminine thing of of knowing in the body, isn't there? I've, I, I don't know if I'm bored of hearing this embodied word, but like we do, you know, at Spare Horse in my life, I've seen lots of people experiment in many different ways, but straight into the sort of innate knowledge of the body seems to be something much more accessible for women and they're much more interested in it. It's a, what is an energetic resonance with how things are. And, and then when you go into the body, there is that whole vast mystery to be, to be explored. Like, and, and women seem to me to be, to have that access and to be able to also to bring men into it that but it's a like a, a different way of knowing and it's not work it's not working it out it's sensitivity yeah, or the subtle energy the little rivulets the streams all the little movements the and when they're listened to and followed then maybe some of those explosions it doesn't matter about the explosions or not but those, those subtle things whether you're sitting still in meditation or wildly dancing whether it's shiva or shakti uh that's there's some strange knowledge there, isn't there? Cellular kind of ancient, rooted there from the very beginning when Earth, Fire and Water first started playing around together. Yeah, it's, um, I think, connecting to this sacred geometry that we hold in the body. And, and, and I think men can do this just as much as women. And lots of men actually come to my sessions as well and lots of couples, uh -huh. which is really beautiful. And... 
Of course, sometimes the men might feel a bit strange because there's often more women in the group, but it's going beyond the masculine and feminine. It's it's just bodies and souls being and and connecting together uh, through through these movements because the belly dance movements are all made up of circles and, and eights. So already it's sacred geometry and and when we move our body in, in those movements and these snaky movements, we're cultivating and, and building the energy up. So then it doesn't matter if somebody's a man or a woman, it's um, that they are energy. So it will happen anyway. Mm. So you're not just working with, with women, you're, you, you work with guys too, huh? Yeah, and, and actually in Cairo a couple of years ago, I had a group where it was only men and I had 12 men in the, the session and it was a mix of Egyptians and Europeans. And uh, I mean, I was terrified because we put this advert out that men's only and, and we called it shamanic liberation dance because we thought if we call it belly dance, then they, it might not be as in, uh, encouraging for them. And then on the day, the, the organizer said to me, no, it's completely booked out and I was like oh no now what do I do <laughs> but it, it was something that I again I'd felt so strongly that I wanted to to also push myself more as well by by working with men in this way so I really love it having uh, mixed groups too because it, mm. it's also more learning for myself and and how to yeah how to work with other people and 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 also from lots of different cultures as well. I mean, what you're doing is way beyond just dance, isn't it? You're you're deeply connecting with the energy body, isn't it? That's what you're up to. I think mm -hmm. uh, I I haven't been in one of your classes because it's always been for women when I've been around. But isn't that what you're really doing? You're really exploring the 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 the, the length and breadth of the energy body, which is a you know, vast exploration. It's a it's it's a meditation. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you've hooked me plenty of times, so I think you felt <laughs> you didn't get electrocuted, but <laughs> you felt. <it. laughs> no, but uh, I've seen the transformations in the women around you, or the, or just how much they love and appreciate what you're doing, how much it means to them, and it's it's like it's like it's a it's a it's a path that people are you know quite joyously experimenting with that's what i've noticed and it and there yeah there is that flowery femininity with it which i i, I to be honest i do love to see you know it's a it, it, it's something that i think has been hidden and 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 lost and and that our culture has been you know been so dominated and was such a mechanistic age and so much you know so much uh, thought and mind and and even even like you've lived in india so much of the time and you've lived in egypt and place like when i come back from from india i see how people walk in the street here it seems almost mechanical the, the men and the women whereas the especially the women but men as well in the in the in the east their their body flows they're they're not thinking that western people start to look like a brain on a stick where the you know people that are a little bit nearer to the earth or more rooted in their ancient cultures they're they're in their bodies, aren't they? The hand gestures, they're speaking with their bodies. It's a, there's a there's a loveliness to it. I miss it when I get off the airplane, you know, and you arrive back somewhere in Western Europe and yeah, everyone's super educated and they can think their way into heaven and hell, but they're, they're not sort of as present in the body. And there, there's something 
yeah, there's something we have to discover there, isn't it? Uh, and maybe in our own culture where we come from, you know, I was brought up in England too. Uh, um, people don't really dance. And when people learn to dance, it seems to mean an awful lot to them to, to find themselves maybe without thought, moving, wild, perhaps with some drumming or whatever, but, you know, lost in it. And then that lostness, finding something else. Yeah, the the finding the wisdom of the body and, and that it doesn't have to be controlled. And of course, there's that part of me that I still teach technique and choreography for, for belly dance and uh, Bollywood, classical Indian dance. Yeah. And so I've got, there's that part as well and, and that I, I still really love to perform. And I, I think probably I I needed to have that discipline so that and all the rules so that then I could w work out how to break the rules and, and break them in a really good way so that mm -hmm. I I didn't become so fixed in my body. And um and I yeah, I think like you're saying the West that the the society is set up in such a, a structured way of People are in boxes, whether it's self-imposed or it's been imposed onto them, and and the learning dance from a, a technique perspective helps to stay in a structure. But then, what what can be possible to step out of structure and and find find this other chaotic dance and and what I think of as the undomesticated feminine? You know, what what can she bring to us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this chaos and so forth. I always uh, joke about this uh, sacred space that we're aiming for called out of fucking control. And uh, it's where we need to go. The world is dying almost from control, efficiency, uh, precision, and uh, the, the, the wildness. And as you say, isn't it, uh, when, when there's a form, and it may be not master the form, but give it, give it respect, then, then maybe it creates freedom. It, it creates a platform. There is, there is a thing as discipline. If you want to go wild, you can't just go straight there. It's like mm -hmm. go through the doorway or something like that. Do you, um, uh, I mean, we're talking about dance, of course, and movement. Do, do, do you use meditation, sitting still, any of those sort of practices? Did you go there or has it, you know, has it been this um, body female movement or, yeah. Um, I, I've never been a, a sitting still meditator, I think, because I've always been so active. And as a child, I, I was dancing, I was doing gymnastics, I was doing sports, competition, swimming, and everything I did, like I say, it was about the body. So for yes. me to sit still and, and meditate, or, or something like Vipassana, this would be, I think, maybe I need it, but I, I feel that sitting still, these things things build up but then I can't yeah. express it for me the, the expression and the the healing comes through the movement so my and I think that's why I, I liked the Osho uh, dynamic meditation so much because it's got this kind of movement of energy through the body and and I, I could express freely and mm -hmm. and I've thought about this a lot over the years and I just thought it's just not for me this um this sitting meditation and yeah it's it needs to be embodied. Well, we're, 
we're all intrigued by this, you know, this, this, this usually is a kind of feminine lineage. It's like Lala and these great poetic ladies who were always seem to be dancing and spontaneously speaking and singing and maybe a lot of bhakti sort of energy or divine energy, but being, being moved, uh, the, the, they weren't necessarily like great meditators. They, they were like, what's the word? Almost like thrown around by the divine chaos of life and, and, moving with it you know and that yeah. that's another side of it that's just so delicious you know and so maybe it's well maybe that's just maybe that's just something beautiful but there's a it's been around and those 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 wild women were uh, those holy ladies were fondly remembered you know for for that sort of um abandonment and uh Maybe the maybe that that abandon chaos out of control let go. Uh, it's a like some divine offering. I mean, it's a, it is a way of life, perhaps. And let the guys sit still and and, and try to be Shiva and sit in a cave for ten years. <laughs> yeah, and, and and how how can you also be in in the world in in your chaos or as the chaos and and still find your way through? So. I, I like this idea of, of being in the world, but not of it. So I, I still, you know, I do my, my retreats and, and things that, are, that I organize and I, I have this structure through, through my kind of business life. But within that, I can still be in this flow and, and this kind of chaos, but chaos that's productive, I guess, or, or the, um, where I can explore myself. Mm. Um, no, you see, you always seem to have a flow going. You, yeah, you you seem to like the swan that is flying off to the new, <laughs> the new sand, the new shore somewhere. You 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 do seem to have some great flow in your life. Yeah, you know, you're you're there with us in that wild wet Wales, and then I get a little little sort of photo postcard from some sacred mountain, some desert somewhere. Uh, you, you do flow like that, don't you? You're you're a wild bird. You're flying from one shore to the other, and you seem totally at home and comfortable with it, and not on any kind of trip either. I, I found you to be a really earthed person, uh, you know, it's straightforward to deal with. And it's just, I like, you know, I like it both ways. It's, oh, I'm going so wild, yeah, but you know, contactable and present, uh, yeah. earthy. Those are good qualities. It's, uh, do you feel you've if you got to where you want to be, or is it just an end? It's it's an endless exploration. What your, are you ready for I some big it, change, or you just flow on? How how, how do you feel at the, where you find yourself now? Yeah, I I'm part way through writing a book. I know this is uh -huh. a, a big step for me. It's it's slow going, but it's going. Um, I, I think it's probably going to be a, an endless flow <laughs> from how things look. And I I don't know what where that will lead to or, or what that will be, but I know that I'm I'm on a, a huge journey of of healing for myself and um and especially with my my ancestors as well, that this is very um prevalent in my line and, and I've got a big connection to Ireland with my ancestors. And um, it's, yeah, I, I think that a lot of that has led me in my life where I didn't realise that when I was younger, it's been more the last five years that 
the things that I was holding that were ancestral and um, and didn't realize that it wasn't present now, but things that were were guiding me. And, and also, yeah, many things that I had to, to heal and let go of as well and, and realize mm. it didn't belong to me, those patterns and things. Um, so, yeah, I think um, flow is, it's worked up until this point. <laughs> so. Sometimes it seems to me that when I've done like some of the deepest work, that all I ever really achieved, if there was anything achieved, was somehow heal the ancestral line. I mean, I've got Irish background too. There was a lot of need for healing there. Uh, and at the same time, as you just mentioned there, to rediscover something more ancient. So you might have to go back through 30 generations or something to go back to the original place where something still has been carried down, but it hasn't had a chance to express itself through all sorts of, you know, repressions and wars and conflicts and so forth. Uh, and and maybe we, we do have to heal the hurts of our parents and our grandparents. And yet underneath it, something's waiting to flower, waiting to flower. And we live in amazing times, so perhaps, well, perhaps things will flower among the great wilderness of things, you know, desperation that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and I I feel very strongly that the especially the countries that I've lived in or, or places like eastern Turkey that I keep going back to and exploring, it feels like I'm collecting parts of myself. So whether again this is ancestors or or other lifetimes, but there's definitely a feeling of okay, this is another piece of me that I I need to explore or or just just by my presence of being in in those countries um it i i can't exactly explain it but it it feels that i need to keep being in these different areas and and maybe it's taking my energy to those places with the work that i do as well and to meet the people that i, I wouldn't meet otherwise do you think somewhere is it just some a crazy idea that that there there is some ancient very feminine temple 3000 years ago 4000 5000 years ago where something very sacred and feminine was held that could maybe be rediscovered that's just gone underground for that longer time. Is that my, uh, is that just a strange, is that just a dream? Or, 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 I don't know how to put it. There's a, there's, there's a sense of something's been underground for a very, very long time, but it could possibly just come alive now that the earth is in such desperate need of of this wilder, more beautiful, more flowing and deeply feminine and deeply masculine energy. But do you have a feeling like that or an idea like that? Is the little pockets have kept it alive, but it's been held back by so many religions and by so many, you know, something happened in the discovery of agriculture and then society seemed to become male dominated, but still underneath it, there's a secret breathing that, that, that has to, that has been held down and doesn't quite know how to sprout and flower or branch out. Yeah, I I really think so because as as you were saying all of that, I could feel my body was expanding and becoming lighter and lighter. And <laughs> where yeah, where that is, if it is in a physical place, as you were saying it, I got this feeling about Saudi Arabia. And um, yeah. and and actually, I might be going there later this year. My my husband is actually from there, and uh, I haven't been able to visit yet. But we we have a plan to go there, and I have this feeling for myself that the again, it's it's collecting another piece of me. 
So I guess I'll have to report back on that. And so, but I, I think that you're right that there's there's layers behind layers and and like with everything in the world, what we're being shown uh, as the as the truth or that this is the information that what's the the real truth is, is still hidden behind mm. mirrors. Mm. I, I I really have a strong feeling about it, but I know that I can grow wind people up the wrong way talking about these things but when i you know first got into tantra and dance and massage and had some pretty wild i wouldn't call them kundalini things but massive energy releases through breath work and things it it came many times that there's there's an our societies are so repressed the masculine energy and the female energy feminine energy are you know deeply held down so much that we it's you know it's one thing to have the 60s and have free love or something but the, that was only scratching the surface. There are much, much deeper wellsprings of being that we may be forgotten. And a few times in Indian temples, and I've been wandering in the desert or somewhere, like Hampi or somewhere like that. There's you go into temples, and on the on the walls and the pillars is carved these musicians and these obviously dancing ladies that are, whatever they were doing. But it's a sort of sense of there was some you know ecstatic thing happening there not just going for a dance but um uh, uh a divine worship from going into that the the, the wildness the 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 shakti display the the that that uh womanliness that cannot be controlled by anybody so there's some divine thing we that's that's just sort of got lost somewhere yeah I, well I, my theory about it is that it's a lot to do with the near-death rituals that they were doing so in india they were using datora like in in uh, kujarao where all the tantra temples are and in uh -huh. egypt they were using the blue lotus so mm -hmm. both of these they're flowers they're connected to the the resurrection life death cycle and um, and they like in ancient Egypt they were exploring the astral realms, and and I think this is why I, I've had so many of these deathing experiences because the that's when I got the main information come through mm. to me about I mean even the logo and the name Awaken Belly Dance it came to me in one of those moments and and it was so specific even the font it was like it has to be the same font as in Star Wars you know it was okay. <laughs> Um, so uh, I think that it's this this part of us where we can loosen, like in the ankh, there's the, the knot, the shen knot that holds the upper and lower together. And the, this is connected with the breath and the throat. So when we can loosen this and our, our hold or our control on being in our body and being in, in this reality, this is when we can explore and, and have access to other realms, other information, other aspects of ourself. And, and I think this is what they were doing in, in those ancient times. And, and from uh, in Kujarao, the same kind of thing that they were having these days, week long rituals where it was um, yeah, very connected tantrically and, um, but also in, in this invoking through the datura to, to almost die, but still be here and yeah. yeah I think it's almost like 
really going to the edge without going over it but how mm. how much on the edge can you be and and then still come back and and still hold yourself in within yeah that? um uh, you seem to have a, a feeling there. i often wonder what were what they, what were those ancient egyptians really up to but um this uh, our culture it doesn't have enough ecstasy it's not it's not ecstatic is it, is it mm-hmm. it's like we're searching for the ecstatic mom where, where you you know yourself by by not being in control anymore you you go beyond what you know beyond thought beyond the limits and maybe the, the yeah the whether it's stature or the, or, or the wild dance or something like that. our culture is searching for that we've got so much manipulation of the world so much we've learned to control nature in this horrible way you know for small profits and and um hopefully we can find it again before it's too late uh, the 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 ecstasy of living you've got to, you've got to go there you still feel that in india someplace where the, where they're singing their songs and they're they're heading there they're going straight for there let's keep singing until the whole village is is you know ecstatic that every everyone's like you invoke the gods and and until they come until until they've arrived until they're there and uh we don't have that in the west do we like you know where you came from was it leicester you came from i was brought up in birmingham you know and there's not much ecstatic <laughs> spiritual uh <laughs> immersion going on in the in the streets where i came from and uh yeah i'm I, I was looking for it and the whole culture's looking for it and i you know the world might be not saved exactly but um it, it, we can't live without it uh, what do you think was going on in egypt then what, what's your, what's your what's your feeling under the ancient egyptian sun what, what do you you got you got you you, know, you spent a lot of time in egypt so what do you think yeah i've been living in egypt for three years now and i'm working with the blue lotus for four years um the blue lotus is everywhere when you go to temples or or even in the modern day logos for the police and different corporate groups the it's like the lotus consciousness is there but it's not there um but in all the the temples everywhere you look there's lotus but nobody talks about it and um the the spells in the Egyptian Book of the Dead about becoming the lotus and they found lotus flowers in the the mummy wrappings and the oil was used as part of the embalming so it it was obviously something very very important and and very Mm. revered of course nobody knows exactly and I can only say again from my own experiences with it and then I've been working with groups through dance and the lotus as well and that it's it's a very subtle plant um but very very powerful for dreaming um for psychic development and again for ancestral work and and it's almost like the lotus guides people or brings to people in what's pertinent for them so there's much more of a a, a synergy with it where everybody has their own individual gift and role and at the same time all working together to to bring all of that so that it's not so much in a hierarchical way um i feel that a lot of what was happening in egypt we haven't been told and i i also have this theory about the ankh that it was some kind of hard drive to transfer consciousness because when you read the i don't know if you've read the emerald tablets and he 
um, Thoth or um, Tahuti, he's talking about he he was in thousands and thousands of bodies, but he didn't have to be reborn. He transferred, basically he's saying he transferred from body to body and regained all of his knowledge. So he lived for however long. Um, and, and I guess when one body got worn out, he went to the next one. And, and I feel that, I mean, this is just my kind of intuitive feeling that the Ankis is somehow connected to that in that they were able to to transfer consciousness through it from body to body we will we'll see if uh, if we <laughs> find out about that but they they definitely knew a lot of interesting things i think and and of course the a lot of information also came from ethiopia and sudan that's where the blue lotus came from and, and lots of the ancient teachings as well and then people talk about the connection with Atlantis and people going to to Egypt. Um, so, so yeah, there's a there's a lot to be explored there. So, what do we do? Drink loads of it and and dance? What what? what? No, you don't even need very much. Two or three drops. And, Two or three drops. And like yeah. I say, it's very subtle but very powerful because. I've had more drops sometimes. Maybe I've thought, okay, I'm going in a temple in Luxor and I, I want to have more. I've not really felt anything. And then another day I've had one drop and it's uh, like I'm, I'm getting lots of info coming through when I'm looking at it. Yeah. You gave me so, a beautiful bottle of the of the oil last time I saw you. So you gave me a choice. Yeah. I don't go with the oil. But the, the lady I live with was absolutely delighted. Oh, you got really good stuff. Oh, so just to smell, it was like, wow, this is the real thing. Yeah, great. So... I think again, maybe that's maybe that's also part of the feminine mystery. So she's she she straight away was uh, locked onto that. Um, okay, so you're you're planning to come to Spirit Horse if we can talk about that for a minute. And uh, I mean, it's a place where you know we've got waterfalls and wild woods and all that. So um, tell us what you want to put what, what do you want to put on there? Um, or just a little it, bit about well, it. Um, yeah, we it's a wake and belly dance wild camp, and I was looking for a long time for for a venue to do something like this, where if we wanted, we could be naked and and that we could be completely Im immersed in nature and to feel safe as well. So when I came to Spirit Horse, I it it ticked all the boxes and and meeting you and your backgrounds, and I felt like okay, this is really something that that can hold us and. And we can be this undomesticated feminine and at the same mm. time be, be really held by the delicious food. And when we came last year, it was so great. All the guys in the kitchen and they were really kind of with us. And 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 we felt so, we've, yeah, we just felt very nurtured by everybody. Um, mm. So we're, we're planning a Thursday to Sunday and... Um, We'll have different dance sessions of Awake and Belly Dance. We'll, we'll have different focuses for the energy centers. And then we'll do things like Yoni Steam and also Blue Lotus. Uh, we'll do a ceremony or two and the sauna. Um, and and it will be, it will really be like led by the group in in where we go with it. And there'll be several facilitators so that we're there's lots of people to hold the group. And 
yeah and, and just to to really enjoy being together and and building more community just shame about our weather he's saying all the right things by the way so make it sound very 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 nice we do have that beautiful seclusion and it, it, everybody loves it the, the wild waters and the rocks and the woods and everything if it just was a little bit warmer at times yeah it it's um it we're coming for an adventure you know it's like the like a rites of passage because again these old mystery schools things weren't just handed to you on a, a plate i mean we're not quite going into some like swim through the crocodiles across the Nile or we're not quite at that extreme but yeah. it's it's really um about finding out who who you really are and and within the elements and and at the same time yeah being held like I say so um these kind of challenges and challenges and love let's say that <laughs> what's your book going to be about well, I'm just going to do all this, but uh, tell us a bit. Um, it's about my life, all the crazy things, and like an expanded version of this interview, I guess, uh -huh. and, uh, or very expanded. So, yeah, it's uh, about lots of experiences that I've had, and um, yeah, and, and then the culmination of Awakened Belly Dance and, and since. But things keep happening to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, I need to put that in it now. <laughs> All right, something will happen that then makes sense from when I was 17, and it it's a very um, non-linear book, I guess. It, it's quite spiralling. If you so had would, a message, if you had a message for the world, I'm fishing for something here, right? If you want, you know, if you wanted to say something out there to men and women, or to women. Uh, is, is there something you want to say? Is there something you want to get across? Oh. Oh, that's hard. Um, there's so many things. I think... Um, yeah, re resist and... Uh, push through any, anything or anyone that wants to oppress you and... And really uh -huh. follow, follow your whole bodied knowing, whether it makes sense or not. Because many things that I've done wouldn't logically make sense to people, but they were, they were all part of me following my passion. And um, yeah, and I think again, if if I can do it, then you can do it as well. Do you think you've learned to trust your gut when it comes to decisions and knowing what to do next? Do do, do you? Do you decide with your body? Is, is is your intuition, shall we say, just knowing, or how do you how do you know what to do next, and what's your next move? Um, yeah, I feel it's more than than a gut instinct. It it's uh, I thought about this a lot as well over the years that it's more of a whole body knowing, and and like when you were speaking about that, there's something else, and I I really felt a lightness in my body as you were saying it. So for me, mm. when I feel that's when I feel it as light it, that's what feels like truth so whether this is I open the fridge and think what do I want to eat I I go with what feels light to me for that meal and and I follow that in my life as well and um and yeah more it if I have to think about something then I know that it's the wrong thing <laughs> to do. yes 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 yeah <laughs> yeah 
I heard once that same teacher I really admire to, talking about that, with the, even just going to the shops and just looking at something and, and uh, the, uh, it got to the point where, yes, take me and eat me, you know, the, the, there'd be just a clear body feeling, like a, no thought, no decisions, just, I think it's, it, it, I think you've got that, that's why I'm asking you about it, and uh, it's a it's a fascinating thing that, to, you know, to, to learn, for us to unlearn the thinking process and, and to be able to live and act and move, speak, dream, to dare to to dare to follow what we already know somehow or other and to trust mm -hmm. ourselves because we're, we're you know we've all been schooled in something different well most of us anyway in, in our culture have been schooled in a different kind of way altogether in fact the other way around almost sit here and learn this stuff even though you don't want to even though you don't feel like it even though it's not of interest to you that's what you've got to do and then to unlearn that it's like to follow the i won't say the ecstasy of the body but there is something ecstatic in life there's a the, the, the the flowers, the bees, the grass, the rain, the storms, the, the it's it, the the whole thing is a, is a, is so totally alive, and it's us that sometimes it's the that's not you know not not capable of participating in that aliveness, not lose ourselves enough to to be part of that whole breathing magnificent intelligence that life is. So I think you you've got a handle on that somewhere or other. You you've uh, you know. You flowered in 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 the, in that in, in somehow or other, you know, in, in your in your own daring, uh, you know, c cutting out a path for yourself. Yeah, and, and I, thank you. That was really kind of you. And I I think as well that we're we're taught that if something, unless it's difficult, then it doesn't. It's not an achievement, or it, it's not worth doing uh, it. Yeah. I know that so when I was younger I, I also had this that I had to learn how to well to unlearn it like you say and then I started to think well hang on a minute why why does everything always have to be heavy and difficult and you know this kind of challenge and um, and I've got a crazy amount of uh, Capricorn in my astrology chart so I Capricorn have this kind of you know, climbing the mountain, and and I was yes. thinking, no, there has to be an easier way. And, you're certainly not. And, you're um, no typical Capricorn, that's for sure. <laughs> no, and uh, but also saying that, then you, yeah, that I've had big challenges in that because uh, in my chart I have all all the more the masculine signs all in Capricorn, so I'm. It, it's been this very uh, heavy unlearning for me about structure and but also having this very strong discipline as well and and I think uh, when I when I realized that I could follow what felt light and keep following that then things things might still be a challenge but I was following this this lighter path with it and um and I didn't have to put myself in situations that that were this endless difficulty. And then life became a lot easier and happier after that. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. We've run out of questions. <laughs> I know there's more. There's always more. There's always more. Especially about can... this... I I I I don't I don't want to put any words into your mouth or make any agendas, but I just sensed it coming from me when you came to Spur Horse the first time that this is part of the new face of woman. This is this is 
this is part of, of, of some unfolding, some unveiling that the world needs, only in light, not, I'm not being grandiose about it, just that this is the next step. We need to rediscover nature, re- rediscover our respect for the, for the wildness of nature and for the wildness of, of the feminine and, for, and its sacred role. And we also need to discover the wild masculine. And but that we've talked about that on other podcasts with the guys. So I'm delighted to be talking about things, you know, with a woman, um, and who's really someone who's, you know, you've taken a few risks with it, and you've and you've and you've 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 run with it. Um, yeah, maybe we just have to let these things happen. But I'm I'm sort of longing for it. There's some some temple space maybe it's a workshop that you can go on but like a real ancient temple space i don't mean a building with four pillars just a place where like male and female are really can like allowed to go where they want to go i mean maybe it will take that tour or something else to help us bust out mm-hmm. of all the, the the square boxes we've been um initiated into uh and and to rediscover what that ancient you know the jungle, not the square fields. Like people come to spirit and think that, that you know, the, the the fields full of sheep are something to do with nature. No, no, no. You got to go into the wild forest where you're pushing branches out of your face and and walking against the torrents of water and on slippy rocks. The, the wildness of it all, the the ecstatic wildness of it. I'm I'm kind of hoping that men and women can work together and. And discover a new culture or rediscover an ancient culture and bring it back alive again. And um, mm-hmm. it's not just that it needs belly dance, but it needs, we need everything. We need all those, all those little doorways and avenues into an ecstatic way of living. So when you, you know, when you came along with, the, with that, your class, I just thought, well, this, I, I, I told the boys, I want, they want these women supported. You make, make, you know, cook. Get them good food. Give them whatever they need. They want fire. What they want to saw. Make sure they get it. Um, I want oh, to see this. Uh, see this stuff happen. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. You it's... know, it's so easy to end up biting at each other, men and women. You know, blaming and complaining, and uh, you know, this like there's an, there's another world and way beyond that. We will always have to argue a little bit, but the um, I, I think it's only just begun a real discovery of the sacred masculine and we lost it through farming and let alone through military and all the rest of it and at the same time something terrible happened to the world and when we started to control nature and started to farm something happened to male and female so it might take us another thousand years or something like that if we get any time uh but it will be it'll be beautiful to give things a shot if there's a hope of uh working together and and then not throwing away the the sacredness of the polarity i'm doing the talking now but <laughs> those great. are things i saw that you're you're bringing you know i don't know i'm sort of always trying to find words for a typical guy yeah but anyway i i want to throw that at you i think it's a, a if we don't mind kind of a compliment for for what you're what you're bringing and and what the spirit seems to uh it seems to have guided you to bring forth you know to support and i'm sure there's mm-hmm. you know hundreds of women go yeah 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 we something along those lines Anyway, yeah, look. Uh, if, sorry. No, I was going to say over to you. Anything you'd like to say? I think we we've had a good chat. And if there's anything else you'd like to throw out into the world, I'd love to. I'd love you to. You know, tell let rip. Yeah, I guess for the people that are listening to us and on this podcast, the, there's a reason that they've been drawn to listen. 
And and I know sometimes talking about chaos and being naked or orgasms and things, people can feel a bit nervous about this. So mm. it, it, but I feel that the people that find me, um, however that might be, it's because there there is some kind of resonance there, and um, and people can have very gentle experiences as well. It's not all kind of wham bam. Um, yeah. So maybe for people listening, it, you're here for a reason, and and maybe go and try a session, whether it's with me or or with somebody that's trained with me, and and see see what might happen for you. And um, and I, I do lots of retreats, as I said, and workshops, and then we have the wild camp. So that there's lots of opportunities, and and also facilitators around England as well. And uh, yeah, give it a try, and your life might completely change. Okay, so if if um, people would like to get find your work, where, where can they find you? Um, on any social media, if they look for either Katie Holland or Awakened Belly Dance, um, they'll be able to find me. The, on YouTube, there's lots of interviews, podcasts, and um, there's free sessions as well. And uh, and my website is awbdance.com. So it's for Awakened Belly Dance, but shorter. And I have a newsletter, so every month I, I send out information about what I'm doing. Yeah, so you travel a lot, and you're not always uh, obviously that you're based outside the UK most of the time. But you've you you do have people that you've trained that are more resident here, or that people can go and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Go on. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I think I think it's everything for now. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, thank you so much. I'm I'm ha I'm I'm happy to you know to. I've had some sort of chance. I'm glad we got past the technical difficulties. We managed to catch you in far distance, sunny Zanzibar. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Katie, for coming along. And, um, you know, maybe we'll chat again sometime. Uh, let's see how things go when when you visit. It's uh, at the very end of April. Thanks to new planning things, we can have courses at the end of April. Don't have to wait for May to come. So. Um, you're you're uh, you're in the UK at the end of April and around that time, aren't you? If people want to connect with you, and perhaps they'd like to come to Spurhurst too and see you, I uh, thank you so much for for uh, bearing with all our technical things and for joining us on the on this Spurhurst podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll let you go and let you get on with whatever you're doing. Yeah, I'll send you some mermaid photos. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Good luck in the in the oceans, mermaid time. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. See see you. Uh, you. See you in the summer. Yeah.